My keepers have changed two, three, and four times. Subject to varieties of administrations, the warming and cooling of the social climate, etc. And while I have largely been forgotten or dismissed by my keepers, no doubt due to my advancing age, the mail still arrives with astonishing regularity. Unfortunately, I am not the correspondent I once was. I do read everything, but too often, perhaps, for some of you, I do not write back. I no longer feel that every question deserves an answer, and can no longer afford to spend my pocket money on postage. However, there are exceptions. What drew me to this particular offering, this large, flat envelope, I find significance in the page not folded, the document of such value that it cannot be tampered with, altered to fit through the thin slot of a mailbox, that its contents are of such import that they need to be taken by hand to the postmaster and left in his care for quickest delivery. What interested me about this well-typed tome was the willingness of its author to transcend, to flirt, outside her chosen category or group. Among our kind, what annoys me most is the unwillingness to explore or even acknowledge an attraction other than one's own. We, like the unafflicted, act as though our pleasure palace is superior, as though no other exists. This lack of appreciation for the larger world of activity causes a sadness in me that damn near ruins the whole thing. Why not celebrate the full range? That she too raised this question is perhaps near the root of my attraction to her. That, and the fact of her attraction to him, attraction to telling me, the way she reminded me of my beloved Alice. And to be honest, I don't get much mail from girls. I immediately write back a short introductory note. Most interesting. Please do send a photograph of yourself, as it would help me to understand better. She responds with a note of her own. Fuck photos. What are you, a pervert? Caught again. Return to my humbleness. My place. Yes, dear. I jot back on a plain white card. I had hoped that in a photograph of her I might find some part I could enjoy, some piece still a child. There often is a little something left until one is well into the second or even third decade. Sometimes it's just the chin, a bit of the neck, or the lobe of the ear. Sometimes there is one perfect sliver that has thus far gone unmarked. From that I am able to go on, focusing on that place, that segment of youth, filling in the rest, whatever is needed, from my memory of how it once was. But now I'm getting ahead of myself. Call me old-fashioned, in that my concentration here is on an arrangement that, according to many of my peers, has long since passed. My fellow esthetes in this great colony of files insist that I am a classicist, I am interested in the coupling that throughout history has propagated the human race. I realize that for many, the real interest, the contemporary current, is in what some consider the greatest refinement, 
the linkage of related parties, either by marriage, familial bonds, or the nearness and dearness of the same sex. The mind-bending adjustments, fascinating alterations and gesticulations associated with the pairing of two like objects. But I ask that you bear with me, that you allow for this reconsideration of the more traditional of our species. All will not be lost. She writes, The way you talk is so peculiar. Did you go to school in England? Or is it a speech impediment? One of my friends had to have a talking tutor all the way through high school. I answer, University of Virginia, B.A., 1961. The speech impediment is an affectation. Oh. Before continuing, I must also ask that you excuse the idiosyncrasies of my sound, of my thought, for I so rarely...